0: Life Audio. What do you do when the world around you seems to be falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? What does it mean to march in spite of what's happening in your life? What does it mean to die? Certainly death is not always physical. There is spiritual and emotional and relational death. This is the death that so many live. Even though they're breathing, they're not moving forward. How do we continue to move forward when life is out of control. We'll discuss that and more as we come back from this short break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800 497 4410. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me and for those that have found us on life audio thank you for joining us here we have uh, i have uh, several episodes you can go back on life audio you can find all of the archived episodes but this is my second episode on this great new platform and i'm excited to share that with you if you've been listening for a while thank you for listening really really appreciate it today i am going to go back to the beginning We're going to talk about March or Die, what it means to march, what it means to die, why this is called the March or Die Show, what that means to me. We're going to talk about some of those things today. So if you've heard this before, you're going to hear it again. It will be reinforced. Um, I've said it a lot. I hear it every time I say it. (laughs) It's new every time I say it. Um, To me, I learn something new. Uh, I hear something new. And uh, it's very helpful to me. So I hope it is to you as well. For those of you that are new to this show, this may be the first time you're really hearing this. And I'm excited to share it with you. Before we jump into that, though, a couple of places I'd like to point you to go to my website, jeremystallnecker.com. Jeremystallnecker.com. I use my name for just about everything, social media, website. My YouTube channel is also called Jeremy Stonlicker. So go to YouTube, search for my channel. It's just my name, Jeremy Stonlicker. You can find that there. But on the website, you'll find information about me. Of course, you'll also find links out to my socials, links out to the work that I do at the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And that's really the most important work in my life, working with veterans and active duty service members and first responders. You can find the links out to the Mighty Oaks Foundation there at jeremystallnicker.com. Also, you can find my blog, uh, two different sections. One is just the blog, and I write about most of the time what I talk about on this show. And then there's a section called Culture. I talk about culture, right on that, and uh, try to give some helpful biblical insights to how we can move forward in light of a culture that is so often out of control. So we talk about all of that. All of that can be found as well as other podcasts I'm involved in on JeremyStalnecker.com as well. This is my final uh, thing that I'm going to ask you to do, um, and then we'll get back to what we're talking about. Um, also, when you go to the uh, the website, uh, there is a place there for you to fill out your name, put your email address in, and you can receive my weekly newsletter. And I'd love for you to do that. That allows you to stay in contact with me. I'll put things that are going on um, kind of in my world, updates. I try to also include links out to some of the content that I've produced. So in case you missed it, a blog post, uh, maybe this show, uh, videos that I put out, you can find all of that there as well. I'll push those right to your inbox. As well as a verse of the week, uh, something that is kind of thematic for the week. Uh, motivation quote something someone smarter than me said Uh, it's hard to believe but there are smarter people than me and i rip them off all the time so i put some of that on the uh, newsletter as well so please go to jeremystoliker.com bunch of information links out to everything a place for you to sign up for the newsletter and i would love to include you in this journey. Uh, This is a a topic that I have been talking about for years. I'm going to tell a story today, and it's the story, kind of the origin story of March or Die, Um, at least for me. (laughs) Maybe not for everyone. I think the motto has been around for a really long time. But for me, it's the origin story. It's the March or Die story. I want to talk about that uh, because it means so much to me, but really, it has become a kind of a battle cry in my life. I wrote a book called "The March," uh, called "March or Die." It's the "March or Die" story, but it is the story of my time in Iraq with First Battalion, Fifth Marines. Uh, we were part of the initial invasion into Iraq. I served with One Five for a while. Loved my time there. So thankful that I had the opportunity to serve with One Five, with First Battalion, Fifth Marines, based out of Camp Pendleton. We ended up in January of 2003, sitting on the border of Iraq and Kuwait, and I'm going to tell a story from that time. We were part of the initial invasion, breached the berm, went into the country, ended up in Baghdad, and then retrograded back. I'm going to tell a story from uh, right in the middle of that, uh, but out of that came the book, "March or Die." I've got it on the shelf behind me. "March or Die." You can find it uh, if you'd like to go to uh, again my website, jeremystoliker.com. You can find the link out to that, or you can find it on Amazon. Find it on the Mighty Oaks uh, page as well. Um, but this has become for me; it's become the thing, kind of that I hang on to. This principle march or die. Uh, I'm going to give you some some uh, principles that you can pull from that, some things that you can extract from that, uh, that I hope that you'll use. Last week we talked about the, the four, I think, <laughs> march or die principles, uh, four or five march or die principles. We talked about those and, and what that looks like in your life. I hope you will back and listen to that if you haven't. Uh, but this is a story that has illustrated for me and something I've come back to hundreds of times since it took place, that illustrate for me how I can move forward, uh, not at all times of my life, but really, literally, when it feels like everything is out of control. When the world around me is blowing up, how do I move forward? So, first, I want to define a couple of terms, and then I'm going to jump into it. First of all, the the term or the word die. When I talk about dying, I talk about death, um, there is a physical aspect or component of this of course uh, we all know people who have become so overwhelmed with life so overwhelmed in life that they have taken their life i serve veterans and service members those in the first responders community through the work of the mighty oaks foundation and uh, man a lot of what i talk about and a lot of the people that i interact with and a lot of um what i'm involved in is connected to this uh horrible tragedy of veteran suicide we're told that more than 20 veterans every single day take their lives become so overwhelmed we could talk about trauma and the different things that go along with that but become so overwhelmed with life that they decide to take their life Uh, the same is true in the active duty community more than four active duty service members a day taking their life in the first responder community among police and firefighters and others who serve in the first responder community, suicide is is very high. The rate of suicide is very high. And we talk about that. We address that. But that's not what I'm talking about. That is tragic. What is also tragic, however, are those who are alive. They haven't decided to end their life. They're functioning. They're breathing. They're going about their daily life. They're doing the things they have to do. But they know that on the inside, they're dead. You see, because of what's happened in their lives, maybe it's a trauma from the past, maybe it's an obstacle that sits in front of them, maybe it's something else. But because of whatever's going on in their life or has gone on in their life, they've decided they will function, but effectively they're going to put it into neutral, they're going to exist, but there will be very little, if any, forward motion. Emotionally, they're dead. Spiritually, they're dead. They're dead. No relationship uh, of substance to talk about with God. But then relationally, that is in the outward relationships that they have with other people, in their families, with the spouse, uh, with those people that they say they care about. Really, effectively, they're dead. They've become so overwhelmed by life that they've decided to stay where they are and die. When I talk about death, that's what I'm talking about. On the other side of this, and this is the phrase that you'll hear me say often, you can choose to die if you want to, or you can choose to march. What does it mean to march? Uh, Marching is something that I've done a lot of uh, serving in the Marine Corps. Um, You could say hiking if you prefer. Maybe you don't have the marching experience, but hiking. Uh, This is simply moving from where you are, getting out of the kill zone, moving somewhere else one foot at a time you're putting one foot in front of another you're moving forward you're not moving fast you may not exactly know where you're going to end up but you know you're going the right direction and you're doing it one deliberate step after another as a christian i would say you're doing it one deliberate faith-filled step after another life is overwhelming but you decide because you only have two choices you decide That instead of staying where you are and dying, because things are hard, it's overwhelming, uh, it's become difficult, people have treated you badly. Instead of staying where you are and giving in, dying, you're going to instead put one foot in front of the other and march. These are very important terms. These are things that you need to understand. And, And I love it because it creates a word picture that we can hang on to. So, where did I come to this uh, I'll tell you a story and I want to draw some <clears throat> extract some mm-hmm. some thoughts from it that I hope can be a help to you. This establishes the baseline for really everything else that I talk about. And again, uh, I'm going back to this. It needs to be gone back to from time to time. but I'm going back to this for those of you that are joining the show, maybe you're a little bit uh, newer to this conversation. It's been a while since I've talked about this. Uh, but you can go back. you can see, I think I have 80 uh, plus episodes in the archive that you can go back and listen to. Uh, but but this is the principle. This is the baseline. Uh, the question is, how do we march when it would be easier to stay when we're where we are and die? And, and I talk about so many different areas where we need to march. But this is the baseline. So I want to give you some thoughts as it relates to marching. And I'm going to do that by telling you a story. I served, as I mentioned, with the 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, uh, based out of Camp Pendleton. And, uh, man... A lot of wonderful experiences there. I would not do anything different. Um, I learned so many great things, and I, and I could spend all day talking about that. And I, I draw a lot of stories and illustrations from my time. But the biggest thing in my life, as I go back to that experience and what I remember, what I think about, what I'm proud of, what I pointed my life toward, was serving in combat with First Battalion, Fifth Marines. Um, we went to Iraq in, uh, well, we went to Kuwait in January of 2003 as I mentioned, and again, this was part of Um, A larger effort by the 1st Marine Division. 30,000 Marines uh, would end up in Kuwait getting ready to push across the border into Iraq. Uh, You know everything that led up to that. But there we were. 1st Battalion, 5th Marines would, in fact, be the battalion that would breach the berm going into Iraq. That was something uh, that uh, worked out. What that meant for me, practically, because I was navigating for our battalion, is that I was the second vehicle back in the battalion column as we would breach the berm and go into Iraq. That happened uh, on the 19th of March, 2003. We secured the southern objective there in on the, the very southern part the border of Iraq and continued to make our way north toward Baghdad. On April 1st, April Fool's Day, <laughs> 2003, Our battalion commander called us to his vehicle. I was one of those called. I was a platoon commander for a platoon that we called uh, the counter-mechanized platoon. And uh, we were all called there, and we were told that General James Mattis, our division commander, had a job for us. He had a mission for us. And what he wanted us to do was go to a very small canal uh, that had a very small bridge going over that canal. And we, as a battalion, 1,200 Marines were going to go secure that bridge in the middle of the day, But it was okay that we went in the middle of the day because, supposedly, there were no enemy soldiers there. Uh, We got our warning order. We began to prepare. We were told to step off. And as we did, we drove a couple of miles to that canal and to that bridge. And we found something there that we did not expect. And I'm going to share that with you when we come back from this brief break. We made our way to the bridge, and as we came around the corner, I'm sure you can uh, anticipate, (laughs) you know uh, what it is that was there that we didn't plan on, and what we didn't plan on was an enemy, and what we found was an enemy dug into the side of that berm, faced our direction, machine gun positions, they were ready for us. Uh, I used to be very upset about this until I thought about the brief that those Iraqi soldiers must have gotten. Hey no one cares about this bridge. (laughs) Don't worry about it. We're going to put you guys out there. Nobody cares about it. You'll never see an American service member. That was probably the brief that they got. We got the other side of that. No Iraqi will be there. Don't worry about it. Uh, But what we did was we found ourselves in a fight. We made our way around kind of a corner, and uh, I tell uh, an expanded version of this story on my YouTube channel. You can go and find that Uh, But as we came around the corner, uh, there was indeed an enemy. The mortar rounds started to fall around us. The ground was soft, so the percussion was felt, and the smoke was smelt, and we could taste the smoke, but the shrapnel was contained, thankfully. Uh, But we were caught as the mortar rounds came around us, and the machine gun position was in front of us. And what we discovered was that we were in a fight we did not plan to engage in. You see, here's the first principle that I want to share with you. The biggest fights in life, the biggest battles in your life come when you least expect them. Now, this could be akin to the phrase, you've heard it before, expect the unexpected. It's amazing how many people are so overwhelmed by the unexpected in their lives that they become literally the lifelong victims of a one-time event. I'll explain that. People who are so overwhelmed by the unexpected, they didn't see it coming. This was not a possibility. That person would never treat me this way. Uh, This could never happen. Things wouldn't change that much. It it was unexpected. And because it was unexpected, that person, never really recovering, becomes the lifelong victim for the rest of their life. They talk about this unexpected event. They become the lifelong victim of a one-time event. Now, check this out. There will be times because life works this way that you find yourself in a battle that you did not anticipate. Unfortunately, that's just how it goes. Unfortunately, that's just how it works. That's the first principle. That day, we found ourselves in a battle that we did not expect. But there we were. So the question is, what do you do when you find yourself in that battle? I want to read a verse to you. This is great. You're familiar with this, I'm sure. But the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul is writing. He's writing from a jail cell, which is crazy because the book of Philippians is an encouraging book. It's a joy-filled book, and yet he's writing from a jail cell. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. He says, brothers, uh, brothers, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. He's saying, I haven't gotten there yet. But this one thing I do, this is great. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said this in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, he said, I don't know how I got here. I certainly haven't uh, gotten where I want to be, but this is where I am. He's sitting in a jail cell. He's awaiting his execution, and he makes this statement. Here's what I'm going to do. Let me sum it all up for you. For me, I'm going to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul lived an incredible life. It was a life that for really the first uh, part into his 40s was spent learning about uh, Judaism, becoming a religious leader in that faith and in the sect that he was a part of. He was, in fact, so well-known and so powerful that he went about persecuting Christians. He had license to basically do anything that he wanted to (laughs) until he became a Christian. It's amazing how becoming a Christian changes everything. It certainly did for him. It changed everything, in fact, to the point that he went from persecuting Christians to planting churches uh, around the world. Training church leaders, training pastors, encouraging pastors. Much of what he writes uh, is to churches and pastors. And yet, even following God, sacrificing for God, he experienced great hardship. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned almost to death. But through it all, sitting in a jail cell toward the end of his life, he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue moving forward. So that brings us back to our story. When you find yourself in a battle that you didn't expect, an obstacle is in front of you, you did not think was a possibility, what do you do? Well, you may not get to pick the fight, but here's the thing. You always get to choose how you will fight. I could spend a lot of time on this one principle. I'm not going to break it down much more than this for sake of time, but here's the thing. You may find yourself in a fight you didn't expect, but the one thing no one can take away from you is your ability to decide how you will fight when you find yourself there. We were engaged by that machine gun position, that enemy machine gun position. The mortar rounds were falling. We didn't expect that fight. We didn't plan for that fight. It was like 3.30 in the afternoon. The sun was high. This isn't how it's supposed to work. But here we were, and thankfully, we had already decided how we would fight. As a unit, we had trained together for a couple of years. We had practiced uh, in this setting and that setting, this situation and that situation, asking questions, what do we do if this happens? How will we respond if that happens? We had already decided how we were going to fight. We had decided to fight honorably. We had decided to fight well. We had understood and and worked out our, our tactics in any given situation. So when the unexpected battle came, the decision to fight was already made. Have you already made the decision to fight when the unexpected battles come? I believe so often people stay where they are and die because they have kind of a we'll just see what happens attitude. Instead of deciding ahead of time that they're going to fight, they take this well we'll just see. We'll we'll figure it out as it goes kind of attitude and the battle hits them so hard that they never fully recover. You may find yourself in a fight you didn't expect, but the one thing no one can take from you is the ability to decide what you're going to do next. We engaged that machine gun position, and that was a good decision. It was the right decision, and we did it well. We defeated that enemy. But the mortar rounds kept falling. They kept coming. We were on the near side of the bridge. That's where we were supposed to stay. That was the plan. But the situation was changing. Here's the next principle that you need to hang on to. Change is inevitable. Don't be surprised when it happens. Uh, Check this out. So many people, they hit that wall, they encounter that obstacle, that crazy thing happens in their life. They've decided to fight and they do. But the crazy thing about combat is that the enemy gets a say in how the battle unfolds. (laughs) But there are so many who dig their heels in, and they say, I'm not moving. I'm not changing. I'm not adjusting. You should never change your character, never change who you are, never change to please other people. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is this. Before the battle unfolds, you do the best you can with the information that you have. We did. We moved forward with the best information that we had. It turned out it was wrong, but it was the best information we had. We can't feel bad about that. But in the battle, in the fight, you adjust as the battlefield changes. Success in any area of life is directly connected to how well we handle change. I'll say it one more time. Success in any area of life is directly connected to how well we, you, (laughs) handle change. Successful people are not people who've never encountered difficulty. Successful people are people that have encountered difficulty, have surveyed the battlefield, have taken an inventory of what they have available, what they can do, and they've adjusted. Adjust as the battle changes. Adjust as adjustments need to be made. Make the right decision in the face of difficulty, and then when things change, change. We were supposed to stay on the near side of that bridge, but things were still bad. We could not engage the mortar positions from where we were. Things had to change or we would have died. So we moved. We got up on top of the bridge. That was the change that needed to be made. Change is inevitable. Don't be surprised when it happens. We moved. We changed. We adjusted. That was the right thing to do what probably wasn't right though, <laughs> in retrospect when we look back we can always uh, see things a little more clearly when i made the decision to move i moved eight of my vehicles on top of the bridge we should have moved through the kill zone not on top of the bridge but beyond the top of the bridge but we got on top of the bridge that mortar position that was uh, dropping mortars on us from the road up to the berm was now dialed in on top of the bridge they were ready for us uh, move that was a good decision Where we stopped, not the best decision. On top of the bridge, the mortar rounds continued to fall. I remember at one point standing outside of my vehicle, and as I was yelling into the handset, trying to get some help from uh, those further back in our column, mortar rounds falling, and I'll never forget the feeling of the percussion as they exploded. Uh, Again, exploding beneath the ground, thankfully. They went into that soft dirt, the shrapnel was contained, but the mortar rounds exploding uh, with the percussion coming From the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, shaking everything on the inside. I'll never forget what that feels like. Those mortar rounds continued to fall. There was a ZSU-23-4, for those of you that aren't uh, uh, weird military equipment people. That is a four-barreled anti-aircraft gun, old Soviet-era anti-aircraft gun. It was about 50 meters away from us, and now we were the threat. They were waiting on air or whatever, helicopters to come over. Uh, That didn't happen, but we were there. So they started to spin that thing around our direction. 23-millimeter, uh, four-barreled machine gun coming our direction. Mortar rounds falling. Our world was absolutely out of control. Have you ever been in a situation just like that one? <laughs> maybe it wasn't literal. For those of you listening, maybe it was. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you were there. Maybe you've been in a place of physical harm or physical danger like that one. But even if you haven't, I know that all of us have experienced times, and some experiencing them right now, where it feels like your world is absolutely out of control. You know what I'm talking about. It seems like everything is blowing up around you. Things are absolutely out of control. I want to tell you this, and here it is. When the world around you seems absolutely out of control, you think you have a thousand different choices, a thousand different decisions, you've got to figure it out. You don't. You have a couple of decisions you can make, too. You can stay where you are and die. You can say, this is so overwhelming. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to do anything. The enemy is too powerful. Uh, There's too many of them. I'm going to stay here and die. You can make that decision. Make no mistake, though. It's a decision you make. You can do that. Or you can do the better thing. You can get out of the kill zone. You say, I don't know where the end is. That's okay. Where you are is no good. You need to march. Get up. Put one foot in front of the other. And keep moving forward. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's marching. When I checked into 1st Battalion, 5th Marines as a 2nd Lieutenant, I um, Man, what an exciting time that was for me. It was the fulfillment of a lifelong dream up to that point. Checked into Charlie Company. That was a helicopter company. And their motto was march or die. Super simple. (laughs) Marine proof. You just march. Or you stay where you are and die. What I've learned is that that's not just a good motto for when you find yourself in an unexpected firefight. That's an incredible motto for life. You see, what I've learned is that success does not come to the perfect. Success comes to the persistent, the one that just won't stop moving forward. In fact, and I've said this before, that persistence to me, I view it now as a superpower. Because as simple as it is to put one foot in front of the other, there are so few people willing to persist, willing to press forward, willing to take the next step. And then figure out how to take the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that. Persist. I have a picture of my platoon. You can see it in a lot of different places. You can find it on my website. You can find it in the book, March or Die. I I, I put it all over the place. But I have it hanging, the original, I have it hanging in my office. And it's a picture of my platoon in Baghdad. We got into Baghdad, actually, on April 10th, so 10 days, nine days after this engagement. It took us a while to get in. It was a crazy time. We were there for a while, but we got in there April 10th. I look at that picture of my platoon in Baghdad. We're standing next to a building. The side of the building had been bombed, so it was blown out. We're standing kind of in the rubble. It's a great picture. I look at that picture, and one of the thoughts I have often when I look at that picture is, is this one. If I had decided on that bridge a couple of weeks earlier that I was too overwhelmed, that things were out of control, that it was easier to just stay where I am and let the enemy do what the enemy needed to do, if I had said, hey, for me, for Jeremy, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to stay here and die, what would have happened to those guys, those Marines? many of them would have stayed right there with me and lost their lives. That's what would have happened. You see, the final thing to remember when we talk about encountering battles, obstacles, difficulties that we didn't expect and pressing through, making a decision to fight, even if we didn't pick the battle, adjusting as things unfold, marching when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. But One of the things we have to remember, the thing that we have to remember, is that it's not... About us. It's about the people in our lives that are depending on us to make the right decision and to keep moving forward. I'm going to unpack a lot of these principles in the days ahead. And again, you can go back and listen to uh, more than 80 podcasts. You can go to my website and look at the blog and read what I've written about this. Uh, This Principle, this idea of march or die. Uh, this is the foundation for all of the other podcasts, for my blog. It's what I write about. How do we move forward? How do we do that? How do we march? But the why is because God has called us not to live for ourselves, but to lead others forward. Uh, your kids, your spouse the people at work who need some direction, others who are looking to you to see what you're going to do so they can decide what they're going to do. It's not about you. It's about fulfilling the purpose that God has placed on your life to move forward and to lead others forward. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when life is out of control? When the unexpected happens, when you didn't see it coming, In fact, you may have been told it wasn't even a possibility, but here you are. What are you going to do? Will you march or will you stay where you are and die? The choice is always yours. Hang on to that because we're going to continue talking about that in the days ahead. And uh, I'm excited to be able to share that with you. One of the reasons I'm able to do this is because of Life Audio. And again, I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks. I'll continue to mention it. I'm so grateful for the partnership that we have with Life Audio. LifeAudio.com, you can go and find the March or Die show. Please do that. But there, you'll also find other great shows, great hosts, uh, talking about the Bible, uh, daily devotionals, uh, Bible study, parenting, so many other things that are found there, all faith-focused, and there to encourage you. LifeAudio.com, please go and check that out. Again, thank you for listening. If you have an opportunity, go to the uh, web page com, or go to youtube Jeremy jeremystoliker you'll find me there and you can find videos as well but appreciate it we will talk to you next time finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.